Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. Keza, why don't you come down, buddy? Um, I want you to meet my friend Keza. Keza has been a part of our house uh, for many years. Is that about three, four years, bro? Make it 20. <laughs> okay, so we just celebrated 10 years. Mm, you've always been a part of our house. Come forward. Um, uh, let's celebrate this, brother. Um, so, so this man, man of God, um, is, a, is, a, is a single dad. Um, has three beautiful children. Uh, who are stunning and runs errands and like champions the house, uh, but also is in, in, in the community uh, just doing life with people. Here's what, I, here's what I appreciate about this man is that um, you don't necessarily need uh, status to reach people. Uh, you just got to be available. Um, and we celebrate you getting engaged as well, bro. Hey? Um, yeah. Um, and not only that, I'm so proud. Like, we celebrate. He's, he'll be moving up to Wellington uh, in October. So, uh, you know, like, just, you just, I'd, I'd love to be a dad like you. Because, like, the planning process of shifting his kids to Wellington. So he's gone, done Ricky, because his fiance lives in Wellington. And so he's positioning his family. So during the school holidays, he's doing the shift. Now, some of you might think, I would have done that. I wouldn't have done that. Okay. So planning is very important. Positioning your kids. They're going to uh, Hut City uh, Equippers up in Wellington. He's already done all that planning stuff. And, and then obviously for your, for your wedding that's coming up. Um, don't have to invite us. We'll just be there. <laughs> All right, it's going to be all right. But I wondered this morning if you could just like, for a couple of minutes, just break something down, give us a word. And um, is it good? Yeah, awesome. Hey, family. <laughs> I think the biggest uh, thing for me is capacity. And, um, you know, I've always been one of those persons that have always believed, you know, God's made me original and, and separate, you know. So uh, for me, like, what some people find hard, for me, I find was like easy. For other things that people find easy, I find hard. But one thing I've always believed in what God's put in me is, He's always said to me, never, any, never ever be anything else but who I've called you to be. And you know, we, we all go through things in life like, you know, families have passed on and, and bits and pieces and we go through these crazy struggles. And I think most of the time we always ask God why. But my thing has always been like, Man, capacity, capacity. You know, he, he's built me through this. Those times when you, you know, you cry and you and you cry out to God, and you're like, God, what's going on? And God constantly reminds me of Job. You know, what what we go through is for the greater glory of Him. Who are we to hold on to something that God wants? And I think when we do this, God opens up those doors of opportunity, not for the favor of self, but to open up for for people behind us. And so for me, finding the move is just like, for me, I'm just like, okay, sweet, let's do it. Yes, let's do it. And I remember um, I've built so much awesome things within the community. 
and I'm sitting and I'm going, man, God, this is awesome. This is what I've always wanted. And then God goes to me, it's time to move. I'm like, hey, what's going on? Capacity, capacity to build. And so I'm just like, I said it straight there. I was just like, okay, God, I want, I want to go. Yep, sweet, let's do it. From that day forward, when I acknowledge what God was saying into my heart, has been miracles after miracles. Just doors of opportunity open up like, like God's saying to me, choose what you want. Here's a platform, choose. It's like all the food on the table, God goes, you can have whatever you want. And I'm like, oh, I understand God. What we go for in life is for His greater good. But the thing is, it's like, if we have not got capacity, if we do not serve in a place where God's called us to serve, if we just let things go past, then the other person will take that position. Yeah, sure, God will, God will open up other doors, but it will take longer because when God calls us for, for something for now, we have to step in that gap. And so I believe like Wellington is like, man, it's gonna be amazing. And um, I'm one of those guys, I love to do, build stuff from the ground up. I don't like opportunities in front of me. Yeah, it's cool to do it, but I wanna respect the people that have come before me. I wanna stand on that ground that Moses stood on. And I wanna say, God, I'm available to do whatever. And so my word, my word probably for you guys out there is, it doesn't matter the situation that we're in. God is in complete control. Take that weight off our shoulders, even for fathers. Take the weight off the shoulders. Like God's got this. And when we fail, God picks us up. We're only human. We always make mistakes. One thing I always do when I make a mistake, I go to my kids and I say, hey, look, daddy was grumpy today. Daddy was angry. And I'm very sorry. And I want you to know that I love you guys. And I kiss them on the lips every time because I want them to know that I'm only human and that I do make mistakes. And for fathers as well, I think it's a big thing. Sometimes you wanna be the man of the house. We wanna do this and this and that. But understanding God's the man of the house, we're just a servant. <laughs> and our greatest, our greatest serving mission is our children. That's where it starts. If we, can't, if we can't serve there, we can't serve out there. The platform is set. Let's do what we are called to do. So I just wanna like thank all the fathers out there. Um, the fathers that have gone on to be with Jesus in heaven, hanging out. I just wanna acknowledge the people that came before us. I just wanna acknowledge Pastor Tico, Nick, everybody else that when I first came here, I felt straight away a family. And I just wanna thank all you guys too for, for doing your bits and pieces. Uh, Seb, Stace, everyone out there that's helped me out and helped me grow as a person and made me a better father because it takes a community to raise a father. So yeah, that's my thing is kind of capacity and a little bit more because once I get the mic, I love to just talk. Come on, give it up for Keza. Awesome, awesome. Have you got your Bibles? Open up your Bibles to the book of Luke. You know, uh, fathers, men, guys, you have a story to tell. And so often we wait for it to be packaged up really nice and the gift wrap is looking pretty awesome before we get to tell the story. I want to encourage you today is that your story is worth telling now. You may be in the middle of something and the power comes when we 
tell the story, but we, we go, but it's not me. It's God. And unless God moves, nothing moves. And so I think, you know, there's a real uh, tenacity, a real fight in our spirits. Because if someone was to enter your house in the middle of the night, they would see a warrior stand up, right? And so what we've got to be concerned about, the challenge is looking out for the thief that's come to kill, steal, and destroy quietly. I was sharing with the kids of this week, and one of the things that really touched me when, what, of what he said was, do you know what? I've just learned to have some good habits. Just have some good habits. And what's one of those good habits? For him was like, every Sunday, I'll be in the house. It's to position not just him, but his children. You see, the church that I see is a church full of fathers fathering. The church that I see is full of dads who understand what it is to shepherd, to lead, to bring up. The church that I see is a church that always looks out to the next generation. Because if we were to hear your story, we are the men we are today because someone walked with us. Someone dragged us along. Someone said, shut your mouth and do as you're told. Someone had to do that. Now that wasn't a, that's an uncomfortable thing to do. In a sense, I'm having to do that now. It's to, like, if this is going to work, you're going to have to shut your mouth and do as you're told. Because the way you've done it lately, you've got some scars to prove that. So let me avoid you the journey of pain and help you take firm steps. Is that good? Okay, got your Bibles, Luke chapter 7. I won't speak for very long this morning. I hope that you catch this. Luke chapter 7, we'll be reading from verses 1 to 10. I'll be reading from NIV. If you haven't got your Bibles, please remember it next week. Otherwise, it's up on the screen or on the device in front of you. The church I see is a church that means business for the kingdom. So if you've got it, say yes. If you haven't, say wait. Cool. All right, let's read. This is an amazing story. Let's go. Verse 1. When Jesus had finished saying all uh, this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There a centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. Catch that. Verse 2. There a centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus, the centurion heard of Jesus, the centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders to the, of the Jews to him. So he sent people, right? Asking him to come and heal his servant. Centurion heard about Jesus, asks people to find Jesus, to come and heal. Okay, you with me? Verse 4. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves to, to have you do this. 
because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. Verse 6, so Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to him uh, to say to him, Lord, so again, the friends are being the mouthpiece now. Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I'll tell this one, go, and he goes, and, the one, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have, found, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Woo, come on, man. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. I don't know who this word is for this morning, but you better catch it. Uh, and I want you to holler at me because we're a, a church that loves to respond to the word. We're excited about the word of God. Three of you, cool. Imagine the crowd. Imagine the crowd on that day. There would have been young and old. So if you were to flip your page backwards to chapter 6. So Jesus had just done all of this teaching. And then he gets to this moment. Now you remember when I, when I preached a few weeks back about the widow whose son had just died. Okay, so this is the story just in front of that. So imagine... The, the crowd that would have been following Jesus. Now, why did, the, why did the, the, the centurion not want Jesus to come to his house? Because he understood that for a Jew to go to a place where the man that was dying was to ceremonially make him unclean. So he understood that. So he was kind of like, hey, you guys, go to him because I'm not even worthy to go and see him. Uh, but then, and then, so they go. And then he sends more people just like, no, 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 I'm not even worthy to see him myself. Back it up. Think about this. Think about the centurion hearing about what Jesus has done in the neighborhood. He's heard about him. Now, he is a man of authority. He understands that if he orders people to do something in the military sense, people do it, right? And he didn't find himself worthy enough to talk to Jesus. Do you know there will always be needs around us? There will always be needs around us. There will always be new birth and there will always be death around us. The world just keeps ticking over. What are you doing in between? What are you doing with your life in between? Who are the people that you are making a difference? Whose lives you are making a difference in? If you have eyes, see. If you have ears, listen. How can we look beyond ourselves? I have a picture for you.
So I saw this picture and I thought I'll bring it this morning because it's a fishing net. Colourful fishing net. It's not actually, it's, a, it's an actual hammock, but God gave me this, God gave me this revelation. God gave me this revelation. Now this is not just for the dads, you better catch this, everyone. So each one of us, each one of us have been given a net. All right? We've been given a net. You are called to be a catchment of others around you. Here's the trouble. I feel we've turned this net, what is meant to, for you to use to catch souls, we've turned it into a hammock. We've turned our fishing net into a hammock for what has to become a source of catching, being fishes of men. So many of us, I included, have turned my net into a hammock. And so here's the picture that I saw. That our Christianity had turned from catching people to a whole bunch of hammocks been strung up in all of our neighborhoods of dudes just sleeping on it. And so we wonder why our children are suffering. We wonder why people are coming in and influencing our world. We wonder why people just can come into schools and tell your kids what to think what to believe, and because it's the Ministry of Education, we just agree with it, because it's all about learning. And so I feel like people are not standing up for what they believe in. What I love about the story is here's a man who does not have a relationship with Jesus. He understands the power of Jesus, and he sends people because he's not even worthy to speak to Jesus. And his servant gets well. So let me break it down to today's language. It could be like this. In your workplace, right, your boss has heard about Jesus. But he's got someone at home who's sick. But he doesn't even feel like he can come to your church to ask the Jesus to heal someone in their home. And so he goes to some people who may know Jesus and have a relationship with him. And then they send for Jesus and they get healed. Here's my question. Why didn't he feel worthy enough to just approach Jesus? Who are the people in your world that you can influence for the kingdom and turn our hammocks into our fishing nets again? Because what Satan wants us to think is as long as you're comfortable, I'm telling you now, if your Christianity is comfortable, you better watch out. You better be very 
aware that you're on a hammock. Because if you're not being challenged to grow in God, you're sitting on a hammock. If you don't have a love for the word of God or for prayer or for fasting or for all of those good things, check yourself. The enemy is around. Because I believe our life needs to be full of power. I believe that we, as we walk into a space, people need to understand that you're a child of God. And it's not something you say. It's just because you're in the room that the, the atmosphere understands that you're a child of God. Because there are too many of us doing this out there. It's just like, shut up sometime. Stop talking and show me Jesus. Show me Jesus through signs and wonders. Show me Jesus through power. Show me Jesus through love and authority. How about that story in the Bible when the disciples went to cast out the demons? The demon even looked at them and went, who are you? Like, imagine that to happen. I, w I would want every evil spirit to, uh, to know who I am. I want, I want them to understand that when, when we walk into a room, Equippers Church, Everything has to bow to the authority of Jesus and his word. Because how many know, like when we, you know, today if we were to walk into a situation, you're probably the last person someone would turn to for help. But they understand that they can't shift this unless someone up there does something. Right? And so unless you are ministering in your gift, Unless you are being Jesus in your workplaces and in your families, that you need to be the first person that people would ask. Stuff's happened. I need you to pray. I know that when you pray, something happens. I know that when you say the word Jesus, things happen. Because I'm not worthy myself to say that name. And so I want you to say the name. Help me, help my situation. You are my lifeline. So get off your hammock and get your net. It's time to catch some fish. Just three short points I want to bring. Um, the first thing, as, as dads, we understand, growing up, we had to submit to our papa, to our father, Right, and we know like our dads, how they ran their homes and <laughs> yeah, can we tell some stories this morning? Actually over barbecue, let's tell some dad stories. Because like the model of, of, of fatherhood that I grew under, man, we got disciplined. Like you knew who was in charge and I needed to be disciplined because of my ways and lack of discipleship, lack of understanding. And so I needed that discipline. Now, some of you, I may need to, I don't have to paint a, a picture for you of what the discipline looked like. But it was like, hmm, you're getting a hiding. You know what I mean? And the thing is this. The thing is this. When, when you are disciplined, you understand that you cannot remain the same. 
Because when you're disciplined, clearly there's a behavior that is being displayed that needs to change. That's why we get disciplined, right? That's why we discipline our children. Maybe not in the smacking way, but in words and firm decisions. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Go and ask your mother. That's not a decision. Go and ask your father. That's not a decision. So I grew up in this. I I knew who was in charge in our house. Now, mom was kind of like the disciplinarian. But when dad got involved, you better pray you saved. When dad got involved, like you get summoned into his presence and you know, like that is it, that is enough to change behavior. Because the look of disappointment on my father's face. Here's the thing. When you get to discipline, it is to remind me of the error of my ways. Here's the thing. Back here, I've been taught how to live right. Outside of the sphere of discipline, I've been taught every good thing. Do this, please and thank you. Ra rah, rah. Don't touch what's not yours. Don't hit people. Da, 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 da. When I don't do that there, I then have accepted the challenge of walking through the maze of punishment. Some of us, when, we, when the season's well, the season's good, and, and the discipleship is great, we choose not to partake of that. And in so doing, we've said yes to discipline. You see, there are some fundamental things about our faith that each believer needs to grab hold of. There's a season of our life where that is acceptable for you to learn. But there will come a time when we don't do the basics well, the discipline will happen. And because we tell our children, this hurts me more than it hurts you. And sometimes, if we don't learn it there, we will have to learn it here. And so we cannot put blame onto that season because we didn't learn that lesson there. You see, this man understood authority. It is a power. But he understood that he was now under Jesus' authority. He's only heard about him, but he knew about the power that Jesus had to heal his servant, that he cared about very much. We need to lead by example, fathers. And those who will become dads in your future. Society is dying because we are asleep on our hammocks. And we are not using it. How much do we value the presence of God? How much do we value the house of God? How much do we value the people of God? I want us to declare this morning that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so it may be that today is like a a reshuffle on the deck, a reshuffle to kind of say, I need to pull my socks up and I need to move forward because a generation is reliant on who I am 
and where I am. So what does it mean to unhook your hammock and turn it into a net? It is a process. It doesn't just happen overnight. It's a process. And so for each of us, wherever you are, wherever you see yourself, it's time to change. It's time to move. Don't look back because the past will not give you what your future needs. Look back and learn the lessons, but don't take your cue from that. Because your best days are ahead of you. I always say to my boys, just learn the lesson quicker. Just learn it quickly. Because not doing it is saying yes to discipline. We have a choice. You choose, but in so choosing, we accept the consequences, whether that be awesome or tough, but we get to choose. It's a process. You may not be where you want to be right now. That's okay. As long as you're moving forward, you're good. You see, I don't expect you to be perfect because I'm not, and there are times in our lives where Jesus literally needs to come and speak a word of life in us to change us. Because our wives can say stuff, our mums can say stuff, you know. All of those people that God has placed around us can say stuff. But it's unless Jesus speaks, sometimes we won't move. And so this morning, I pray that you'd understand that this is a process. If you haven't heard from him lately, today is your day for you to hear again. You see, this is a process of identity. There's a lot of us guys who really struggle with identity. Now, there's some stuff that have happened in our past that have, that have really rocked us and have, have created tension in our lives and how we respond to situations. I want to say to you, you are better and you are wiser today than you've ever been. God has called you to be strong. And God has called you to father a generation. Do you know what? You're needed. You're needed. There's always stuff that we can sharpen up on and, and as far as our homes are concerned, as far as our workplace is concerned, as far as our marriage is concerned, relationships. But God's got you. Did you catch that? God's got you, and I really need you to hear that this morning. God has got you. God has got you. Whatever you're facing right now, man, God's got you. He wants to say to you this morning, fathers, you are worthy. You are worthy this morning to carry the mantle of fatherhood to carry the mantle of leadership to carry the mantle of servanthood and so take your place take your place it's a prepared place 
No one can replace you. You are needed. I want to ask you this morning, what sound is your life producing? What sound is your life producing? Is it just noise or is it sound? There's so many things out there to trap us and distract us and tempt us and test us. and The list goes on. But what sound is your life producing? Because like a good tree, a good tree bears good fruit. A bad tree bears bad fruit. And just in the natural, which tree would you pick out of? It's the good tree with the good fruit. The danger with the hammock is that what was purposed to build the kingdom of God, we've turned it into our own comfort. Dare I say, sometimes when we come to the gathering of believers in church, we bring our hammocks with us. And in a sense, we kind of hook it up position ourselves when we go and we swing away in the breeze. And we go, oh man, it's so good to be in the presence of God. So good to be in the presence of God because I've come just for me. And so we're just comfortable to just do our own thing. Well, today I pray it changes because today we get to unhook our hammocks and we get to drag it into our week this week and we get to have a new catchment of people that we could reach. Because you were called to be used of Him. I'd like to pray for all the dads in this house right now so I would encourage you to stand with me let me just pray a blessing on you and so this morning as I pray I pray that God would give you a new picture of this new chapter in your life as you go tomorrow to work that you would have a new picture of how God wants to use you to turn your hammock into a net for His glory. And so, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we thank You that we are under Your authority. We thank You that we are under Your guidance. And today we recognize that we are nothing without You. That unless You move in our circumstance, in our lives, nothing changes. And so right here, right now, I pray for every dad that's standing. That you would bless them with wisdom. Bless them with authority. Bless them with your favor. May they know that they are a child of God. First. 
before they lead. And so I pray, Father, that your wisdom would spill into every area of their lives. We thank you for sound decisions and godly decisions in this next week and years to come. We thank you that our children will grow up to be great, to be great in the house of God. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch.